get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Back by popular demand, our new Danish schooner co-host Alex, and we got an old fella who's decided to, you know, come back down from Newcastle. He's got a croaky voice and he's going to moan a little bit. Uh, Big T, how are you doing? Um, yeah, let's be honest, mate. As gooners, we've had better weeks. It's, uh, we have. It's not. It's not been the best of weeks. It's um, what started as a very promising and potentially exciting one has turned into, um, yeah, pretty much a, a footballing nightmare, shall we say? It has indeed. Uh, Alex, uh, we shared an agenda. We're going to go through the Spurs away game first of all. Uh, then we're going to talk about the. Uh, football last night and then we're going to have a bit of a debate about some other topics depending on time uh, we've got a little bit from uh, Gunas versus Cancer and then we've got the Everton game how are you doing and how are you enjoying being in the hot seat tough times right now um, I must say I think T summed it up pretty well um, yeah it's been a rough week uh, yeah we could have had Champions League with with a win against Tottenham and here we are two defeats later and it's looking very very unlikely to, to uh, that we will get Top four. So, yeah. we, the, there is always lasagna, Trevor. The, lasagna, isn't there always lasagna? Welcome oh, back, I couldn't Trevor. Eat now. I couldn't eat now, Fergus. I don't feel very well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the football this week has been awful, but Newcastle's Newcastle, isn't it? You know, Newcastle's Newcastle. So I don't need to say anymore. It was a wonderful night with Arsenal friends. We Trev, look, you've been off for a couple. You've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, we haven't fallen out. Um, I think I should just move you back up there, and your understudy uh, will learn from from the master. Um, the master oh, tweedledee tweedledee. Like to be honest, <laughs> taking notes, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trev, good to have you back on, mate. Um, I know Thank you've you, had bro. stuff going on, and uh, there's loads of people in uh, in the chat last week who are wishing you uh, all the best. But let's look at the um, the Spurs game. Myself and yourself met up for a few beers. We met down in Liverpool Street. You weren't drinking. I paid three pounds seventy five for a pint of Coke. Pint of yeah, bloody Coke. Well, I told you I wanted off. Yeah, I know, but they served me a pint regardless. And I think probably if I had a half, it would have been the same. But we had a couple of beers. We we, we were clever. We went up early and um, avoided the escort. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what did you make? It's, it's our first trip there, a new route in via Northumberland Park up Park Lane, which is like walking through 1970 before you meet this big shiny spaceship uh, that's dropped down on the side of um, Tottenham High Road. What 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 did you make of of it, the stadium? Um, not the game, just like... What yeah. You... Ferg, look, right? I mean, we're all Arsenal fans, so everybody wants to say it's a rubbish stadium. But in all honesty, it's not a rubbish stadium, is it? What they've done is they've learned from other stadiums and uh, they've made that one end with no, no commercialisation. It's just a big wall of seating and all their fans get up there and they park. They, they sing and they pipe noise out of there as well. And it, and it does raise the atmosphere. Um, so it's not a bad stadium. I'm happy with what we've got. But what you've got to remember is, Berg, what you've got to remember is, boys, having a good stadium don't make a good team. It don't make good fans. 
and they're neither of those things. Tottenham fans should be ashamed of themselves this week. I know we're going to talk about it later, but I wanted to get it in first, mate. Absolutely ashamed of themselves, mate. But it's not a bad stadium, but they're bad people, and it's a bad, 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 bad team. We'll talk Toddy, about that in a minute, uh, won't we? Toddy, I, I met you and uh, and I met your mate yesterday in my local pub as well. <laughs> um, and uh, we had we, a good old sing-song beforehand, getting into the ground. Personally, I felt that it was like walking into an airport departure lounge or a shopping mall or something like that. It didn't feel football. The bowl itself and the arena itself for, for sport, it creates with the event and the evening it was, he created a, a fantastic atmosphere. But it didn't feel very football-like. Um, what did you make of it? And then we'll go on to about the escort. Look, at the end of the day, you know, from a from a neutral football fan, it's a phenomenal stadium. It's, it's a fantastic stadium and, and so it should be. It's cost over a billion pounds, I think it is. You know, they've had years to to learn off of other clubs, ourselves included. You know, they take snippets from every club that's built a new stadium. Um, and the next one that will come along will be better than Tottenham's. That's, that's just how it works in modern football. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, what comes with modern football and the fantastic shiny new stadiums is is you, you miss something. You know, there was, not, there was nothing like going to White Lane. You know, it was quite embarrassing, in all fairness. It was completely different. Um, that... That anger and hatred and that that you get a White Hart Lane wasn't there. I didn't I didn't feel it last week. And even when they scored, you're always going to create noise on a North London derby. Um, but I, I just didn't. It just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same going to White Hart Lane, an old stadium. This, you know, this this you got your horseshit outside, your dodgy burger bands and all that. But a shiny a shiny stadium's just not for me. But unfortunately, we're in a we're in a world where modern stadiums. They're, they're developing left, right, and centre, and uh, and I do think it takes you know something away from from what you know old school traditional football fans want and and love, and and unfortunately are sadly missing. Um, and Everton will be the next club to find that out. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. And seeing plastic temporary urinals on on the the way Park Lane was on on you know just unpleasant more than anything else. Um, look, listen before we go on to the game, and Alex, I'll bring you in in a second. But before we uh, go on to the game, I want to have- wish Luke. <laughs> we, we're only going to do a couple of bits because it's done. Yeah, and I want to talk more about last night and the, and the way forward and all about um, uh, Everton and you know okay. It may work out that things might work in our favour and we get Champions League, but we, in my view, have achieved our objectives. We'll get into that anyway. But Luke Howard, um, who is the uh, head chief officer of um, disability and inclusivity for, he runs a sensory room. He looks after all the disabled people uh, and makes sure that uh, they can get to see uh, football uh, people with like, uh, children who have got issues with um, you know, crowd noise and stuff that they like. Dave Hurl, good friend of ours and good friend of the podcast, his boy uh, uses the sensory room quite a lot. And it's the only way he would be able to go and watch football. And it's the only way his dad can go and watch football with him. Um, and Luke runs that. And he was taking two disabled fans to the stadium and he was assaulted. His eye from uh, people I've been talking to inside the club. It was totally um, smashed, claret everywhere, as was the, the word I was told. And he w- was end up hospitalised. Fortunate enough, I think he's okay. I have reached out to him. He hasn't, he hasn't contacted me yet. Um, but uh, if he does watch this, unlikely. But if he does, uh, we wish him all the best. But it's just disgusting behaviour, don't you think, Trev? 
Yeah, mate, listen, it's what we expect from them fans over the years, you know. I'm I'm not going to dwell back to what used to happen in the old days. Um, that's best left behind. Um, but it's what, unfortunately, not all Tottenham fans, right, let's be fair, not all Tottenham fans, but they have a massive amount of um, of people that will do that, 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 will, that will, you know, sneak up behind people and throw a punch or, or, or just do things that they shouldn't. It's a game of football at the end of the day. Shout at each other, scream at each other, you know, even threaten each other. But don't break, don't don't break a poor bloke's punch a poor bloke in the face like that when he's just at work earning his shilling. You know, it's not on, mate. It's not on. No, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I will. I'm. I'm. I'm I'll, I'll get it afterwards. Uh, actually, it's probably going to be too late now. There was a video I've, I've posted on our our. Um, Facebook page and on Instagram where um, it went on for about two or three minutes and that's where myself I'm videoing uh, yourself, Judges T and uh, your mate George uh, I'm filming and then a friend of mine came along and said I've just seen a video of you and I've seen you in there Ferg as the exact same video just from different angles from the top of the stairs where uh, we hate Tottenham and it went on and on and on fantastic away atmosphere didn't you think Tony? Yeah, mate, if I'm honest, I wasn't filming because I was living for the moment, obviously. You know, been to Tottenham many a times. I don't need to do that tourist thing. But uh, it, <laughs> 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 yeah, it, as always, mate, the, the atmosphere in North London Derby is great. Um, and I, just to reiterate, going back to obviously what Trev said about um, the boys who you know got in trouble, there, there's people on, on all sides of the fence that, that look for trouble. Um, and generally, if they look for trouble and they want trouble, they'll find each other. But those who don't look for trouble shouldn't be caught up in anything, especially when, like you say, they're, they're working and they've got two two disabled um, people that they're trying to take to a football match and experience what a North London derby is all about. Unfortunately, their experiences now is going to be um, scarred in, in more ways than one. Um, but yeah, the atmosphere, mate, before the game, uh, going back to that, was, was phenomenal. Um, it was brilliant. The fans were pumped. I must say, though, after the, you know, walking into the ground and, and as soon as sort of kickoff happened, I didn't think our away fans were, were the best last week. And I don't know whether that was apprehension, you know, nerves, you know, fearing the worst. I, I don't know. But I didn't think we were as good as what we've been in recent weeks. Um, I think we were, we were pretty average last week. Um, I didn't think their fans were that great either. There's been a lot made of, of, of the noise inside the stadium. That, and I didn't think they were great. Um, they were loud, of course, but it wasn't as good as what I've heard in the past, especially at White Hart Lane. Um, but mate, this uh, the the pre-game pre-game stuff was a lot better than the uh, during and post-game stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so let's look at the the derby game. So if we look at um, the Tottenham versus Arsenal game, uh, Alex, the lineups: um, no Ben White, Tommy Asu on the left, leaving Cedric to deal with. Uh, Son on the um, on the left, sorry on the right. Um, what were your thoughts on that lineup? Just to run through the lineup beforehand, it was Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Holding, Gabriel, Cedric, Shaka, El Neni, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Enketier. I think yeah, I said it on the uh, on the podcast before as well. I wanted Tommy Asu to be defending against Hyungmin Son, so I was a bit worried when I saw that it was Cedric. And holding in the same side, going up against uh, Jungmin Son, um, but I think other than that, 
I was quite optimistic when I saw the lineups, also because of um, Romero. He was out for Tottenham as well. So um, when I saw the lineups, I was quite quite optimistic going into the game. Trev, um, I think uh, all three uh, all three of us were together at the time, and and we were okay with the lineups, didn't you think? Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the lineup. Fergus didn't have a problem at all. It was uh, it was what we had to put out there from our small club. It was what uh, our small squad. Excuse me, big club. We had a small small squad, and I, I I had no doubts that if we played to the best of our ability, that we would we would come away from from Tottenham with something. Um, didn't work out that way. I was shot down in flames, but I had no concerns about the squad, mate. Uh, the team, mate. Totally up in what was it, 10, 15 minutes? I think uh, we we were strong. We came out of the blocks and we thought, here we go. Um, and then decisions uh, didn't really go our way. There's one I'm going to put up now. Um, it will play and we can talk over it. Um, Tony, talk to me about this and what you think about this as a penalty. If, if I'm being honest, mate, um, we started off in a real positive frame of mind. Um, the attitude, I thought, was good. But something happened just before they scored, and I can't remember what it was. And I just There was a bit of a, a turn in the tide, and I thought, this ain't looking good. Uh, and as for the penalty, um, obviously, you can say sour grapes now. I just I just don't see it as a penalty. Um, I think it's a soft, such a soft one. It's quite embarrassing. Um, and it, It's not so much that the, the decision was given. It's more the inconsistency. Because during the weekend, I've seen it another two or three times, and there's no penalty. You know, it happened very similar in the in the FA Cup final. Now, if they got every decision wrong, but there was a consistency in that in that officiating, fans wouldn't moan. It's because you're seeing these decisions time and time again. One's given, one's not given, and the whole point of VAR now was to try and because listen, the referees are only human. They they can't you know they can't see and, and get everything right. The whole point of using computer computer, computer technology is to be able to get these decisions certainly on a more consistent basis. And yet it's just it seems to be more, with every passing week, it's more and more inconsistent. How, how does that happen with the amount of technology we've got available? I just can't see how how these decisions, you know, I don't think it's a penalty, but again, that's not the reason we lost. Um, I, I think we was, yeah, I think... The, 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 there is more to the there is more to the game than that, but I'm, I'm, I was just trying to just break down it in a couple of sections, and I don't want to spend loads of time on the game because it's like it seems like weeks ago. Alex, uh, we talked about it, and there was a couple of incidents elsewhere over that weekend in football. Um, yeah, yeah. Go on, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I mean, like we saw in in Luton versus Huddersfield as well, where it was a very similar similar situation, um, and then. Uh, T mentioned it in the FA Cup final as well, where CH got pushed in the back, and it was even uh, it, it was even the same referee who was on the VAR, um, and no penalty. So, yeah, it's the inconsistency, um, and it's a very very soft penalty. I mean, you you can give it, but you've got to be very willing to give it. And I mean, it's a North London derby. It's early in the game. It just kills the game, and uh, momentum completely shifted after that penalty because. That's where Tottenham have been so good under under Conte when they get ahead and they can sit back and start going on the counters. Um, Trev, uh, your your uh, thoughts? Okay, well one nil down. 
Um, was that when the game was lost or was it when Holding gets sent off for two buckled offences? Um, I've written in my notes, um, he let the occasion get to his head uh, to pick up two yellow cards, which fundamentally the, the second yellow could have been a straight red in some people's view. Now, you don't agree with me. Well, I, I don't necessarily, but you've got to go back a step to make a case for it, Fergus. I mean, I, 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 I honestly, I know people, a lot of people have got a different opinion, but I honestly thought that we were the slight favourites to score up until the penalty. I thought that we had as much of the game and um, and we've got Tierney refereeing and I'm not, tr- I don't trust Tierney. I don't trust him. And up until he gave up their penalty, I, I thought, He's not giving us a lot tonight, this fella. He's not giving us a lot at all. And you've got the VAR referee course is the other one, Mike Dean on the night, right? So it gives a penalty and it's a soft penalty. And and it, the word comes back, consistency, Ferg, right? Consistency. If the referees are going to give a penalty every time someone's touched like that, fine, do it. But it doesn't seem to happen. We seem to come off the wrong end of them decisions every game. And then we move on, right? There's two players now that come to mind. Holding has got sent off. And for me, the best cheat in football at the moment, the best cheat in football at the moment is winning games of football because he's the best cheat. And that's Tom, right? He's a despicable human being, right? He clearly elbowed Holding straight in the head not long before, not long before, um, Holding got sent off, and why on earth isn't Mike Dean seeing that and saying, "Hey, hang on a minute, ref. There's been serious foul play here. I can call you in for serious foul play. I want you to come and have a look at this." But nothing. We hear nothing from Dean, and we get nothing from Tierney. Trevor, apparently that was reviewed. Was it? Apparently so. Yeah, which makes the decision even worse. Yeah. Oh, even worse. Yeah. So then Holding's wound up and he lets the biggest cheat in the game get the better of him and gets him sent off, right? Um, and while we're on this Sun fella, right, I didn't see it during the game. I didn't, I didn't see it till afterwards. One of the few times when he's rolling on the floor, pretending uh, dying isn't too strong a word, right? He actually looks like he's about to pass on. They ran on the field. And they've put him in the recovery position. You've got to laugh, right? They've rolled this player called Huan Min Song into the recovery position, right? And my limited first aid experience tells me that it's serious problems with his airway. They've got to roll him over, get his head back, clear his airway, get some stuff out. But he's in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble. 30 seconds later, he's running the length of the field to, you know, to have a go at goal. It's, it's, it, it riles me. That is... That is my biggest, biggest problem from and, and football clearly, at the moment. Uh, it clearly, it game. works. It works for them, Son and Kane, because they're so street, street smart with uh, with them things rolling over and and they get all these decisions. And I think Holding should have started rolling over, and they, that might have been a different decision as well, because he he just went on as nothing happened, as as it should be. But uh, but they're so clever, the Tottenham players that rolling over every time like Son and Kane and getting all those penalty decisions and red cards. 
Yeah. And I, I, I also I also think I also think Alex that um, Son and Kane were in the referee's ear. Is that, one second before uh, we carry on, uh, I've had a couple of comments put in by uh, John uh, Coker in in the here talking about um, oh dear delusional. Let's blame the poor refereeing in the game uh, and the momentum. No, a, a good team goes beyond that, um, and it, and he goes on. But uh, John, yes, the the there is. <laughs> No, we're not blaming the referee. We're just saying that the referee was poor. We've been saying all season that the officiating within the Premier League has been poor. We've been saying there's been an opportunity for compromise due to VAR. And that's the phrase we've used because I don't want to get done for anything else. But the opportunity to compromise the game with VAR has been evident throughout. Um, He goes on to say stuff about Arteta. And we'll talk about Arteta if you want. But at this moment in time, we're just going to finish off on this game, go into Newcastle's game, and then we'll open the debate. That that the that we lost. It was just simply a case of highlighting certain decisions where uh, the inconsistency in, in officiating, whilst also, like Alex said, you know, we've also got to learn to be a bit more street smart and a bit more, um, yeah. you know, our theatrics have got to be better because of, you know, if other teams are doing it and you can't beat them that way, then unfortunately in life you have to join them. Um, and, and that's that is something that we've got to learn as a team and, Hopefully, we will involve because these are young players. But unfortunately, like the boys we just mentioned, Holding is probably our most experienced player. Um, unfortunately, um, let some wind him up. Um, right. Uh, looking at the... Uh, we're tuning at half-time. We're going at half-time. Uh, half 47 minutes in. We're 3-0 in. Uh, jobs are good and it's done. Game's over. Hang around for probably about... 10 minutes. I don't know how long you hung around for Trev. I was gone out of there by about 60 minutes. Um, I wanted to get out of Dodge. Uh, it was all going to kick off afterwards. Um, how did you feel after the game, Trev? Well, I, I know we spoke when I was on the train and you were on your train home. It just I felt flat, didn't it? It just felt a little bit cheated. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? Do you know what, Ferg? We can't move on from what John's saying because John's, John's been talking a lot in the chat as he's got a right to do. And it's nice to have debate and have different views. I, I, I won't stand for abuse. We've all got our own views and we don't abuse each other, yeah? But um, John's John's entitled to his view. I know he's not happy with Arteta either and we're going to come back to that. But uh, I, I, so, you see, some of the stuff we look at, and John's right, that it wasn't the referee that cost us a game against Tottenham, Fergus. It, we, we didn't play. We played poorly. We played very poorly. Um but the refereeing decisions were poor, and we've decided to discuss those rather than focus on on the poor performances of our players. Because I think we're probably going to touch on that point when we move on to Newcastle, aren't we, mate? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, how did you feel after the game, then, uh, Trev? Uh, a bit flat, but trying to keep yeah. positive for Monday. Yeah, I, I just thought that. Um, We'd been done on the night, as I said. It's it's. I I I keep going back to the cheating thing. Um, it, I wasn't. I, it makes me feel sick to my stomach. But we didn't play well. We didn't play to a game plan, and we we know what we need. We know what we're short of. We said it at Spurs, and we said it again last night. Right? We desperately, desperately need a striker, Fergus. Desperate two two strikers. Right after the game. All I could think about was, right, that's gone. It's still in our own hands. Let's not get too down about it. Let's go up to Newcastle. It's a long trip on a Monday night and support our team. 
And and that was my mindset, mate. I'll put it out of my head because if you see it's raised it again now, if you dwell on that Tottenham away loss, it do, it drives you to distraction, drives you mad. So you mm. think about it, put it out of the way, put it in bed and think, right, Newcastle next, we're still in with a shout, you know? Um, Tony, how did you feel after the game? Um, did you stay till the end? I know we left you and abandoned you and everything else. So Absolutely terrible, mate. I had to walk back to the station with Trev. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> so you left before me then. Um, yeah, right, we, okay, uh, look. My... Go on, mate. Go on. No, I was, no, I was just... I, I was just say, we just, obviously, we was all of the same. Didn't want to stay around for them celebrating and gloating and it was best to sort of get out of there. You know, we must have left just before the 60-minute mark. We got on the train and yeah. we just, we wanted to get out of there. Just didn't, not a place you want to stay around. Um it's not the most place in the world. No, you could end up it's getting not. in trouble for a number of different reasons. Yeah, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So last away game, I spoke to Trev on the on the way up, and Trev was quite uh, reflective because uh, you've been in a reflective mode anyway uh, for for reasons, and you were reflective over. Oh Christ, this is my last away game. Um, how how. Excited were you heading up to Newcastle, Trev? Yeah, you're right. Do you know what, mate? You've nailed it. That everyone was thinking about all sorts of things, and me being me, all I was thinking was, Oh, it's the last trip of the year. I don't, I don't want it to be the last trip of the year. I, I love going away with my friends, but I honestly thought that we wouldn't put two back to back poor performances together. I, I thought that we would beat Newcastle, um, but. Jesus, we weren't in it, mate, from the start. I, I'm not going to start talking about the game till you cue me in, mate, but being being up in that highest level seven stand, you know, you get a completely different look on the game, Fergus. You're looking down on top of the field and the perspective of what the players were doing last night and, and, and the efforts they were making and their movement. Oh, mate, it was poor. It was poor. I, I'll leave it at this and then we'll move on. Arsenal from one to eleven looked absolutely shattered from the start. There was no movement. It was it was terrible. There was efforts from some of them, and I'm not saying all of them weren't putting an effort, but they 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 just looked shattered. I knew after five minutes we wouldn't win that game last night. I knew after five minutes. Um, Alex, looking at the lineup against. Uh... Um, Newcastle, we had Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, White, Gabriel, Tavares, Shaka, Elneny, Saka, Odegaard, uh, Smithrow, and then Ketier. Uh, that meant that we dropped Nuno, uh, we dropped Cedric for Nuno. Um, meant we moved players, uh, uh, like players across. Tomiyasu went on to his favoured uh, right side. Um, were you positive looking at that? And while I ask you that question, Let's look at the bench. You've got players like Leno, Cedric, Swanston, uh, and some of the other academy players, including Pantino, Laconga, and then we've got Martinelli, Pepe, Lacazette. Um, what were your what were your thoughts on on that? I think it was strongest possible lineup. I mean, uh, there was quite a debate if uh, White and Gabriel were going to be fit for the game. So uh, when when the team news came out, I was happy that they were both playing. Um, yeah, I think it was overall the strongest, strongest possible lineup uh, we could have set out. Um, and looking at the lineup with Smith Rowe starting as well, I thought we were going to have much more of the ball. Uh, but yeah, 
I think Trev said it quite well. After five minutes, you could just see that it was going to be difficult. And um, I think it started from, from the back as well with Ramsdale. Because I think um, when we've pl been playing the, the very best football this season, it's been playing out from the back uh, from Ramsdale. And he just looked so shaky yesterday. Um, and he was sliding all over the place. And he, he just kicked it long every time. So, yeah. Yeah. Trip. Trev, do you think like the players? We we talked and some I've had some clips sent through from um, from Ben Bennett uh, at the pub that you were in. Uh, the Arsenal fans were in full voice. Um, <laughs> Like the Arsenal fans were in full voice ahead of the game. Uh, you got Trevor, uh, who um, managed to wangle his way into the lift uh, to get up into... Well, you you were as close to heaven as you could get up there. <laughs> it's that high up. Um, and then you had this atmosphere. Newcastle had pumped it up. Flags were everywhere, teeth were everywhere. Uh, pumped up music, loud from Anfield. Uh, I, it sounded like on TV. Trev, was it loud at Manfield? They, the, the Newcastle fans, in fairness, were tremendous last night. Tremendous. They they pumped that that music out of Tannoy. It's really loud there. They've got a great system. But all the fans join in and they keep it going. And um, they're going to be, aren't they? They're going to be on a high because all they kept singing was that. We're going up the Premier League song, you know. We're going up the Premier League, and they are. So their fans are on a high loop, you know. Um, Ferg, they're on a high. Interesting, right? To to listen to what Alex just said about flying out from the back, and and that was part of the point I made, Alex. From being up high, you can see down, you know. And if, in fairness to Ramsdale, we had absolutely nowhere to go. They they just pressed so quickly and so high. And the two Brazilians in the midfield for Newcastle, they were they were fantastic. Their speed and movement and and and, and pressure on was second to none. They, they, they just they put Xhaka and El Nenny firmly in their places. I hate to say it, but they did. They put Xhaka and El Nenny firmly in their places. And then of course, if if them two are pressing up there, you're looking at Odegaard, Smith Rowe, and Saka to make some space. And the three of them just looked shattered. Just didn't just didn't look like they had it in them. The only one that really put in a bit of a shift when he came well, Martinelli came on and, and he looked lively. He, he he was all over the place, but ended up playing wing back. And then of course you've got Eddie up front. And and, and in fairness to Eddie, I've, I've spoken down Eddie enough in the past. But Eddie put himself about last night. He tried his hardest. But do you know what, right? He's, he's, He's not good enough. I don't. He's not good enough, boys. I hate to say it. You know what I'm like with Arsenal players. I, I, I hate saying bad things about them, and I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way. But Eddie tried his hardest last night. His effort levels were brilliant, but he didn't have the presence. He didn't have the presence to to be that top striker we need. Trevor, I watched it on te on telly, um, and uh, I'm sure Alex and and Tony were the same. And when uh, Inketia knocked out that guy by pure accident. I think it was a shoulder, not even a shoulder, but it was a coming together. 
Um, and he got booked. Uh, Tony, come come back to me. He got booked uh, for that. Got a yellow card. And uh, while they were giving treatment to the guy, he's he's out cold. Uh, Eddie is there going, ref, excuse me, referee, excuse me, ref. I didn't elbow him. What was the yellow for? He just looked like he had nothing about him. He had no, as as Trev said, no presence. Tony, did you see that? What was your thoughts? If I'm honest, mate, I was uh, expecting a red card. Not because I thought it was a, a straight red, but just because that's sort of been the way the officiating's gone. Um, and look, again, not blaming the referee or, or the decisions last night for our defeat because we were shambolic. Um, but just to highlight the inconsistency, you know, someone like Joe Linton had five fouls last night. Not all, not all cynical fouls, not all, you know, nasty fouls, but, you know, after five fouls in one game, you, you'd surely see a yellow card. You know, Saka got taken out down on the touchline and the ref didn't even give it. It was only for the, the linesman to pull it back and give it as a free kick. You know, I think we had two out of our first three fouls or something, you know, we was given cautions for yesterday and... Look, that's part and parcel. Again, it's not the reason we lost because yesterday was um, yesterday hurt me big time. It hurt me more than uh, losing to Tottenham last week purely because I was expecting some sort of response. Um, I was quite nervous, before, you know, the day of the game because I, I thought, have we got it in us? You know, can these young players dig us out of one last hole? Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, some of these youngsters have clearly got talent, but I think we need to really. Surround them with experience, experienced you know players this 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 summer. You know the, the, the pieces of the puzzle that are missing in this team need to be filled with experienced, um, more physical. We need a more physical presence in our team. Um, people keep laughing at me, the likes of you know an Ivan Tony up front as your plan B striker, and Ivan Tony there causes defenders problems because he's physically strong and quick. And I'm not going to sit here and criticise it in Ketia. We've all said you know his abilities and what he can and can't do on the ball. So it's no point going over old ground, but he, he just can't do that. No matter how much he tries, he's, there is a, a lack of ability. You know, uh, we, we discussed him last week, would you give him a new contract? I sat on the fence because I wasn't sure. I didn't want him to come back and bite us on the arse. But when you look at last night, you do need something else. You know, when you go to these tough grounds, you need bigger, stronger players who can cope with that, with that atmosphere and noise. Um, and unfortunately, some of our players, I think, get very, very nervous. Alex, looking at the uh, stats at half time, there was four shots versus six shots. Mm. Uh, Newcastle versus um, Arsenal, both had one on target. You know, despite the pressure at half time, I thought, you know, big event, big game, big atmosphere. We're holding our own. If we can get back in at half time, uh, we can probably maybe do something. I was worried about the bench. Then Martinelli came on for Smith Rowe, who I don't think was having a great game. I thought Martinelli upped the tempo and I thought, here we go, something's going to happen. And you could hear the Arsenal faithful, Trev, as you can hear the croak in his voice, it's nothing to do with a late night and drink. Uh, it's to do with him singing Martinelli songs. Um, uh, 56 minutes in, like five minutes later, Ben White uh, comes unstuck. And and there's been a lot made about the foul troll by, uh, throw by... Um, the Irish accent came out there. Um, the <laughs> foul throw by <laughs> by, by um, uh, Tavares, and then it, it had to be retaken. Then the loss of play. But Ben White, Gabriel, uh, you can go through half the squad. Were they just running on like reserves? That we had so many injured players out there. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it. Um, 
I mean, going in half time, I, I thought like maybe Newcastle they'll get tired because they were pressing like very high. So I thought like maybe if we bring on Martinelli and the Newcastle, they'll they'll stop pressing as high as they did and they'll we'll get some chances on the break. But um, they just kept going and kept pressing. But as you said, uh, it changed for a bit when Martinelli came on, but then it just sort of killed everything we had going for the five minutes when when they scored, um, oh, sorry, when, when Ben White scored the own goal. Um, and then we sort of just threw everything at them. And I think that's the problem we've had this season as well. We haven't really got a plan B because we haven't got this Giroud type, type of striker. So, I mean, we, we never really pressured them too much um, towards the end of the game because um, we haven't really got anything in the box. So normally you'd throw a big man in the box and you start pumping balls in there, but we haven't really got that big man. Um, and yeah, they just look tired, as you said. And um, another annoying rule there is, is the, when they continue the play, even though it's offside and they wait for the flag to come, come up. And you can see that didn't help the, the ha- hamstrings of Ben White and Gabriel because there were so many times where they had to keep going. Uh, and then, you know what? And I then never, the flag I, came up. I, I never thought of that. No, I actually saw it a couple of times as an advantage to us because there was a few times where Newcastle run the legs off each other. Colin, uh, Colin Wilson, uh, is that mm. his name? Um, he, yeah, Colin Wilson. He, yeah. Yeah, he he just ran this right ragged the whole game. Um, yeah. Trev uh, Pe- Pepe uh, came on for Gabriel. He was allowed as the fourth substitution. Well, sorry, no, Lacazette came on first for Nuno, um, and we changed to a three-two-three-two formation. Um, well, I th- at least that's what I think it was meant to be. Um, and then Gabriel came on for Pepe, which was our fourth substitution because of the, the concussion substitution for Newcastle. Um, what 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 did you think of Laka's performance or uh, contribution to it? And then we got a little bit of a chat on Pepe because somebody has got a question. Yeah, well, it, do you know what? It's an interesting point that, that I've had it written down, ready to go. The Laka Eddie thing. What I mean, when Laka came on for Eddie, um, he just looked like an older version of Eddie. He was putting, he was running around trying his best, but he was just an older version of Eddie. No presence, didn't worry their centre halves too much, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was same same really, Ferg. Same same. Eddie off lacquer on, same same. Neither of them scored many goals, um, and, and and don't look likely to, to be honest. Just just lingering on Ben White a minute. I don't know how you boys saw it on the telly, but I didn't think Ben White looked very fit right from the start. He I, wasn't. I, I no, he looked. He, he was blown out of his he, ass. He was blown. Yeah, out he of looked his slow. Ass. Yeah, he looked slow, mate. So and Gab- but yeah, as, Gabby was holding his hip. Gab- Gabby was holding his hip, holding his back at half time. He was getting a sports massage in his back, uh, pit side before he come back on again. So the two centre defenders, uh, central defenders, were not fit enough. Um, we've got Tommy Asu as well. Yeah, Tommy Asu. Did, That's yeah, we, worry me. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tommy Asu was holding his calf again, wasn't he? So yeah, um, Pepe. Um, let's talk about Pepe. Matt in the chat earlier on asked who bought Pepe, Menger or Emery. Um, if you remember uh, correctly, it was Emery wanted Zaha for seventy million cash, uh, but we decided to do um, uh, seventy-two million 
for Pepe. And there's a lot more to that story uh, than we will ever talk about on here because this roof around me, I like to keep. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> not, not in a lawsuit, at least. We all know um, we're on the net. We don't need to go over old ground. It's, it's happened. And unfortunately, we're going to have to cut our losses with him sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. We, we bought him in installments. So, you know, we've paid for what we've used. And then it's, I think it's 15 all million a year. Yeah. 15 million a year. Yeah. A happy meal. He's, he's, no, he's no, a 4.50. All right. Okay. Okay. A coffee and a, a coffee and a, a Big Mac then, isn't it? No, no, it's just a Big Mac. <laughs> um, so what did you make of, um, Tony, what did you make of Pepe's performance? And Alex, you can finish off on that then. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and dig in and out. I mean, he come on as a sub and if, if again... Bit like we said last week, he, he doesn't. I don't think he looks interested. You can't really blame him. Um, as much as I don't particularly like the player, I, I don't rate him. Um, he's probably looking and thinking, you know what? I'm not going to be here next season. Whatever I do, Arteta is not going to, you know, not going to play me. Why should I come on and put a shift in and you know try and save this bloke's job? For instance, I just it's just it's it's a marriage that hasn't hasn't lived up to expectations. Um, we're just look. Like, it's no again, no point going over old ground. We're best just to cut our, cut our losses and, and run. It's best for him, best for the club, and you know, hopefully, we all move on in the summer. Alex, was your thoughts when Pepe came on? Right, we've got four up top. We've got two wingers in. We've got balls going to come in left, right, and centre. We're going to pepper there. Um, we're going to pepper their uh, box, and hopefully, something will bounce off somebody's cheek, arse cheek, or something like that, and a, a ball will go in. Yeah. And then you see Pepe passing a wayward pass backwards that loses that possession for the Gamares goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always had like this feeling when Pepe comes on, I always feel like something can happen. And you saw it at the Wolves game as well, uh, where he scored a goal and created the, the Lacazette goal, which was an own goal. But I've, I've always got like a feeling because he, he, he can always just skin two men and just pop it in the lo- long... Uh, Long corner, but but it's difficult when you when you hasn't really had uh, too much run of play, and when you come on late in the game every time, and you have you sort of have to do something brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's just difficult, but it's it's annoying because I had such uh, high hopes when he came to the club because he was you know top scorer in the French league when he came, uh, and he'd been brilliant there. But yeah, it just hasn't worked out, and I think like. Uh, Tony said we've just got to cut our losses. Mm. Right. Um, listen, looking at the last two games, looking at the season in entirety, um, clearly we lack a striker because one of the stats a friend of mine sent, sent to me said we look at the main players in regards uh, to what they computed, uh, contributed since the 1st of January. Stats are stark. Gabriel, one goal in 19. And it's his first in his last 21 appearances. Smith Rowe, two goals and 18 uh, appearances in 2022. Lacazette, one, which was a penalty um, in his 18 appearances. No goals from open play. Saka, in fairness, six goals and 20 appearances. He's not a striker. He's a winger. Eddie Nketiah, four goals and 20 appearances. He didn't score in 18 of those 20. Um, So clearly, we lack a striker. But also... um, and. Uh, Trevor, if you want, or uh, whoever wants to pipe up on this one, um, looking at strikers and also looking at leaders, what do we need to add to this squad 
uh, going forward because we're clearing clearly lacking something. Ferg, we, we lack two strikers, son. We we haven't got a productive striker in the in our football club, and we're too bigger and too great a football club to not have a striker of any of that's any good. You know, people say we got rid of Albamiang and he's scoring. That's gone, done. It's what we've got now, and we haven't got anything. We need to find two strikers. We need to find a midfield playmaker, a proper ball playing playmaker. And then I think we'll be all right because them lads that you've just mentioned that haven't scored so many goals, if they're feeding a, a striker that's gonna not that's gonna score goals, not only is that striker gonna score goals, but if he's a big bloke with a presence, he's gonna hold the ball up and he's gonna set goals up for the others around him, right? So striker, striker, striker for me, you know. It, it, it's so important, and I've absolutely no doubt that um, that the, they've got their fingers in some pies at Arsenal already. And if they haven't, then I don't know what they're doing. But I'm sure they must have their fingers in some pies when it comes to a to a striker. And 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 you mentioned leaders, Fergus. You mentioned leaders then, and that made me immediately think about the, the interview I've seen from from Xhaka today because he mentioned about players didn't he and stepping up and don't know about age and I listened to it and I thought yeah he's got some points there you know okay yeah but from my perspective I'm pleased he said something but Xhaka is a part of the problem as well as everyone else last night his movement was poor he didn't win balls The, the midfield ran all over him so I'm glad that someone stood up and been heard, right? But I don't want that to be interpreted as that Xhaka was absolutely fantastic and that's why he stood up. He stood up because he was he, he, he was hurting and we want to see players hurting when we've lost. That's good. But he was part of the problem last night at, at, at that game, Fergus. But going back to what you said originally, mate, strikers, we need... If someone said to me, you can sign two players in the summer, that's it. Two strikers all day long, all day long. Tony, uh, uh, Shaka's uh, interview was mentioned there in Leaders. Um, I know Shaka was a captain. Uh, my views of, after what he did that October a long time ago has changed. But listen, he's wearing an Arsenal shirt. I think he's been one of the most improved players in the squad since January. Uh, but he's still a senior player and a leader. Did you feel like he was calling out the whole team? Or was he calling out kids? Was he calling out somebody in particular? Was he right to say or do or, 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 or was that right? I think it's bang on the interview. I think it's spot on. Um, too many people are happy to blow smoke up people's arses but can't take the criticism. Now, it's got to be balanced in both ways. You can't go overboard with the plaudits, but you can't go overboard with the criticism. I think his interview's bang on. I don't think he's singling anyone, anyone player out particularly because he says it doesn't matter whether you're 10, 18, 30, whatever. I think he's saying collectively as a group. Now, We've all got different opinions on Shaka, um, what he's done and what he hasn't done. But one thing people can't ever say and question him is he, he never hides. Even when he's having a poor game, he tries. He gives his all. Look, we know deep down, ultimately, if we want to progress, it's not good enough at times. We know that. But, you know, he's fronted the cameras and he was hurting last night. And he was hurting. And I was a bit worried by one comment he made when he said, we didn't implement the manager's game plan. And that's why mm. we're in position we're in. That's a worry. Um whether that's due to inexperience, due to players just being stupid, or you know they're down tools to the manager, I don't know, and we don't know. We can only assume. But that was a bit of a worrying comment to say that 
we haven't implemented the manager's instructions and, and tactics here. Now, I think as you boys have alluded to, I don't think Ben White and Gabriel will particularly fit. I think the two early passes from Ramsdale when both White and Gabriel had to bloody stretch for it didn't help their course because when you're injured and you've got a bit of a niggle, the last thing you need is that ball to your feet. Just get rid. Um, unfortunately, it comes back very quickly because we haven't got that present up front to hold the ball. Um, but yeah, going back to Shaka's comments, I think he's spot on and I think it needed a, a brutal assessment of, of the last week or so. Um, where we go from here, as, as the boys have alluded to, we need strikers, we need midfielders. But you know what? We were talking about this in the office today. We need certain things, but going into the Europa League, I don't think we need as many experienced players because that early Europa League group stage is pretty pony. Now, is this the chance for the likes of Aziz, the likes of Balogun to get a few more minutes in the first team? And if such, you could potentially go, you know what, although Elneny and Holding were decent squad players and, and, and Ketia, could you could you move them on and promote youth? Because they will get game time in the early part of the season with the League Cup games and the Europa League. You know, could we now get three or four players for the first team, but also promote within? I, I don't know what you boy, boys' views are about promoting certainly the early part of the season with, with the group stage games? Uh, to be honest, I think we, if it is Europa League, then if we can get one main striker and then you keep uh, Balogun and well, depending on what Enketia's contract would be and what his money would be, um, there's a, a case where if, if Enketia had another year, 18 months, yeah, I'd be fine keeping him and not selling him. But the fact that his contract is over, would I want to extend it? I don't know. Uh, Alex, no, I, um, they don't good enough for the third choice, unfortunately, mate, as well. What's that? As in Balogun, we still need two strikers, you know, even if we keep Enketia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Only yeah. good enough for third choice. And that's not being disrespectful to them two, but we need two new strikers, as the boys have said. Alex, before we move on to the Everton game, um, Irish Mick in the chat. Hi, uh, Irish Mick. Always, always shout out for an Irishman. Always a shout out for an Irishman. Um, uh, Shaka's inf- interview, I think, was more in his own t- interest rather than behalf of the team. Um, what do you think of the interview? And do you think uh, Irish Mick has got a point? I don't know if he's Third. got a point. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Carry on, Alex. Sorry, sorry. God, you, you can come in and then, then we have a guest in the green room as well, by the way, um, Trev. Yeah. Uh, you, Go, go on, Trev. No, Alex. No, I was just... I was, I'll make your mind just, up, Fergus. Just let the boys speak. Okay, I'll, 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 uh, I'll go on. Now, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, I, th- I thought it was refreshing to see um, a player, you know, speak speak of his emotions. Um, normally, you see the, the interviews, they'll say, uh, we've already moved on and we'll regroup and we'll go again uh, against Everton but it was I think I think it was refreshing to see a player speaking from his heart and clearly emotional and he was devastated as well um and I, I agree with everything uh, T said as well um I, I think the, the interview was spot on as well he, d- he didn't single out any any players um so yeah I, I thought it was it was a nice interview Interesting. Um, Trev, go on. You were, you were going to say something. Okay. No, I'm not talking now. You get lost. Look, John's even told you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> John, I'll back you up just now. Jesus Christ, mate, give me a break. But, you know, when Jack has said about Arteta's plan wasn't listened to and wasn't implemented, 
implemented. That could be interpreted many ways. I interpret that as maybe him backing Arteta. He's saying the manager has asked us to play in a certain way and we've let him down, you know? Um, he didn't get personal with any players. He did step up. Um, and he did mention, very importantly, the fans. He said, we've let the fans down. We've let the people that have come to see us down. And so he's obviously noticed how much of a backing the fans have been this year. And he wanted to let the fans know as well that they, they know it wasn't good enough. So overall, can't complain about it, can we? No. Listen, we move on. We move on to Sunday. Uh, we got the Everton game. Before the Everton game, there's a couple of events going on. There's one event going on, which is the Riders of the Night at Tommy Flynn's on Holloway Road. One for the old school Gooners. Um, and if you want to get uh, a little bit tipsy, if you can get in, whatever, uh, feel free to enjoy yourself. But a great alternative um, is Gooners versus Cancer. And all the way from Washington, D.C., the USFA, we do have um, we, we have uh, Magic Mike. What's up, you fellas? Do, you, you, How are we feeling you, you, pers- you personify Magic Mike, don't you? Look, I I didn't name myself that, so uh, I, I'll take it though. You, you get named by Ma- Magic Mike by an ex footballer for Arsenal, you you don't you don't change it. You accept it. You roll with it. No. So uh, people are always like, like, what kind of idiot calls themselves Magic Mike? And I'm like, I, that isn't quite how it happened. We 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 did think that, and you know, a gerbil as well. You know, that springs to mind. But you know, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, hey, I, Mike I could be a rodent at times as well. <laughs> we brought you on uh because um brought you on because uh you're over here you're doing something um which you've done for 5 years is it now? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah 5 years you're uh raising some money for lympho uh, li- uh lymphoma cancer. Well, yeah, well, well we're not raising money for the lymphoma cancer cuz they don't need any it doesn't okay. need more money. It it's doing fine apparently. Uh, okay. the fight against leukemia and lymphoma. So yeah, Gooners versus Cancer started in 2017, uh, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I mean, just about everybody that I know, Gooners or otherwise, have have had some family member impacted by blood cancers. My dad is the kind of the inspiration by it. Um, and uh, and so we what we do is we raise money in a variety of different ways. We do FIFA tournaments online. We have auctions, we have raffles. Uh, a couple of years ago, we volunteered to do a bunch of stupid stuff uh, to, mark, to ourselves in order to raise money. Basically, anything that'll help the cause. But we've got some really go- good stuff going on this Friday night. And Arnie, I, I saw yesterday uh, in uh, in another pod chat that you were going to be there. You absolutely can come. Anyone can come. And what it is, at the Tollington, 7 p.m. Friday night, we're going to be there raising money, having a beer. My hope was it would be a celebration of top four, but that hasn't exactly gone as planned. Um, so we're going to turn it into one of these things where, you know, you feel bad and gutted and and upset about our performance on the pitch. But one thing that you can always count on, and I know Trev would agree with me, Fergus, I know you'll agree with me. I mean, I think you all would, is that the Gooner fan base, not the Twitter part of it, but the actual Gooner fan base is one of the best, most enjoyable, most generous and caring families that you could be part of. And um, and when things are going bad on the pitch, I kind of tend to retract and sink back into, well, how can we, you know, how can I have fun with my mates? 
how can we do something good? And that's what Friday is going to end up being about. So uh, it's just a, a, an informal, casual thing. No tickets, no entrance, no registration. Just come to the tally at 7 p.m. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people who you might know if you're a kind of a podcast guy. Uh, if you like content, uh, Yankee Gunner, Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast is in town. He'll be there Friday night. Uh, Paz, who's one of his castmates on the Arsenal Vision podcast, Paul, is also over from the States. He'll be there. Uh, Dan Potts will be there. Lee Judges will be there. FK from the Latte Firm has said he's going to be there. It's only one uh, FK, by the way. It's only one FK. Uh, Turkish, uh, Peter, the Arsenal, the Emirates DJ, uh, is going to be in the house. That guy is a lovely guy, uh, and he'll be there. Shame Jeremy, nobody can hear him on the Tano system. <laughs> yeah, well, he, that's how he sounds in, in his real life. It just... All right, okay. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Um, <laughs> Jerby will be there. You can meet the football gerbil if you want. Um, I don't know why you would want, but uh, Kaya Kaya... Tom Canton. It's it's gonna the place is gonna be flooded with content providers, but that isn't the reason that you should be coming. You should be coming to have a good time on a Friday night, drown your sorrows with us. Listen, and and, uh, and, and you can win and some Mike, pretty good stuff too. It might have been better to put the pre-recorded video you sent me because it might have been less rambly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was well, actually I, you know, I didn't think point. I'd be able to make you, it home you, in time. You, but, uh... you, you, you talked to us about there's some some great prizes coming up. You got some Ruth Beck art, and hang on, let's put Ruth Beck's um, biggest fan um, in the screen. There he goes, Ruth Beck's biggest fan. Trev, Donna doesn't like Ruth that much oh. because Donna's walls are covered in Ruth Beck art. She, Ruth Beck is an absolute superstar. Um, she, uh, her artwork is second to none. I love her style. I love the way she captures things in her own way. She's unique in what she does. And I've got her pictures all over the wall in my Arsenal room. Um, Donna, every time an envelope arrives, she says, oh, Ruth sent you another letter. And I'm like, yeah, of course she has. I thought we'd have a picture, you know. She's a wonderful lady. And if her artwork is up for grabs on Friday night, I'm even more gutted I can't get down there to go for the evening. But, yeah, Mike, I'm let you take over again now, mate. I wish Ruth, you all the very best, pal. Ruth is – thanks, Trav. Uh, I will miss you on Friday. But, uh, yeah, Ruth has been a, a big supporter of the charity. This is her third year of sending us stuff to uh, to kind of help bring in donations. And everyone that donates on Friday night at the Tollington will get a free Ruth Beck print. This is some of uh, there's a lot of Highbury stuff that really brings back memories and and uh, and makes me kind of melancholy. But uh, you know, Arsenal players like Burkamp and Henri, uh, just I mean, there's a ton of different stuff. She's been kind enough to donate it, and we're going to give one away to anybody that makes a donation on Friday night. Also, anyone that makes a donation on Friday night at the Tollington will be entered in a uh, prize drawing. That at the end of Friday night, we're going to draw, and someone's going to win a, an '89. Uh, shirt, uh, the red home shirt signed by Perry Groves, which is, you know, a nice thing to, to be able to have around the house. Um, and then the grand prize, which you get an entry for each donation of 20 quid uh, or $25, depending on uh, on what your currency is, gets you one of 500 entries. And there's only 200 left. There's 300 claimed. There's 200 left for what I consider, and you could tell me differently, the best piece of Arsenal memorabilia out there Cue today. The video. This is what you can get. Arsenal comes streaming forward now, and surely that will be the 
Signed by, as you can see, signed by uh, by the four players who took part in the final minute win of the Premier League season in 19, uh, 1989. It's John Lukic, Lee Dixon, Alan Smith, and Michael Thomas. They've signed it. They've written the famous Brian Moore uh, call of that goal. And this shirt only exists through Gunners versus Cancer. It's a, it's a unique, one-of-a-kind type of thing. And... Uh, and someone's going to win it once we reach 500 entries. So there's about 200 left. You can enter, even if you're not able to go Friday night. Uh, if you haven't already, you can just go to Gooners V Cancer, like it says on the screen. Click on Donate Now and uh, and enter. You can use your credit card. It's tax deductible depending on where you live. And um, I just think it's a great prize, and you're going to want to be part of that. So, uh, so everybody that's there on Friday night that donates gets the art gets to enter for the Perry Groves jersey and gets an entry into this uh, with a donation. But if you, even if you can't make it on Friday, please go to Gooners V Cancer. Follow us on Twitter. Someone was asking in the chat. Follow us on Twitter at Gooners V Cancer and, uh, and learn more about the charity, which really goes almost year-round at this point with various things that you can win. So, Tony, we're going to see you there on Friday? Put you on the spot. Highly, un highly unlikely, mate. <laughs> We're going to see you on Sunday, or, or uh, you possibly see me Sunday. Do you, yeah, do you avoid me whenever I come over now? No, you, mate, you're always pissy. You, I've always said hello to you. You're just so drunk. You don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> uh, no, listen, he's getting I'll, drunk from about midnight tonight. He's on the plane from about midnight tonight, so he'll be drunk. Listen, the young, the young family next week. I struggle to get any additional days, and, and Saturday I've got a, a charity fundraising day myself. Um, me and my old Sunday league, you know, team raising yeah. money for the British Heart Foundation. So that's sort of taking up my weekend, Friday and Saturday, mate. So, listen, I wish you all the best and uh, no doubt I'll see you stumbling and, you know, from curb to curb on Sunday. Yeah, just don't let your daughter, your, your beautiful, my daughter will be there, but she's 21. Uh, your your beautiful daughter that you're taking to games this year. Uh, I love seeing those tweets. So, uh, so keep it up. You're being a good dad. Yeah, I should have took her to more games. We won every game she goes to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so it's your fault. Um. Mike, uh, before you go, uh, give us a quick prediction on. Well, uh, you won't, you won't be, you won't be able to see it because I know what you like. But what, what do you expect? Um, the Norwich, Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton results will be. It'll be as painful as possible. It, it'll be, it'll be one 0 Norwich until like the 89th minute, and then they'll they'll grab an equalizer, which will then make the whole narrative that. That Liverpool gave them the point that won them the league. That uh, you know that we dropped the point. I mean, it's it's going to be painful. It, I mean, if they just go out and win five 0 I think I'd probably be happier because then we can just relax. But it, it, it won't be that way. It'll be close, and it'll ultimately end in heartbreak. So how's that mm. for uh, for a charitable outlook? <laughs> Thanks very much. You've been great. Now you've cheered us. Goodbye. See you. I, see I put you all Sunday. my energy into doing good things, but uh, I can't help Arsenal. That's not my hey, job. Hey, actually. Trev did want to actually have a, a quick uh, mention on on the charity thing as well before you go. Okay. Yeah, mate, I'm gutted I can't come down on Friday. You know how far away I live, and uh, it's just impossible to do it Friday and then again Sunday. Uh, it's the last home game in the season on Sunday, so I'm stopping over after the game. So hopefully we'll catch up then, mate. But cancer hits all of us very hard, lots of us. We, we all, unfortunately... 
have relatives or people that we know closely that have suffered from that from that um that horrible disease and i just personally mate i just want to thank you for what you're doing you i've i've looked at the i've looked at what you do i've seen how much you raise and you're a top top man mike and uh you have my full support and and i'm in awe of you actually for what you do and the lengths you go to to get some of this memorabilia is is truly remarkable mate and i wish you all the very best my friend and i'll see you on sunday I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Fergus. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Alex, best. Tony, and, All the and, best, Mike. Uh, and Trev for uh, for having me on and for your friendship, which uh hope to renew again this weekend. Cancer has like to remember. As long as you're buying, Trevor will be there. I'm not that bad. Jesus Christ. No, Trevor will be there if you're buying. They're to raise money away because they're going to think that, you know, who are, we, who are we putting in charge of this? Hey, hey, listen, you know where you'll find me. <laughs> I do. Yeah, next See to me, buying him a beer. Now, wherever I'm not is where I'll find him, probably. All right, I love you guys. Thank right. you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, hey, bro. listen. Listen, get 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 on to Gunas V Cancer. Get on to uh, the Guna podcast. Uh, Mike's a good guy. Uh, he's a good laugh. Uh, he's normally even drunker than I ever am on in, on the internet. Uh, and and look, even Tony's nodding. <laughs> Drunk is probably... Uh, I think that's being very, very polite. He's... Um, <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, He's a special case when he's had a few drinks. He, he's Let's... collapsed a chair, a chair in the east stand of um, of Highbury, uh, staying in an Airbnb in there, and that was hilarious. <laughs> Magic Mike. Do you know, you know what, though? Mike mentioned uh, Tottenham finishing above Arsenal, didn't he? And, and just very briefly, it's they're going to finish above us. They're 90% certain to, aren't they? And they have done for a good few years now, mate. They've finished above us. And they've had possibly their best run in the top flight for many years of Tottenham. Many, many years they've had their most successful run in the top flight. And they've finished above us. But what have they won, boys? Their most successful run. What have they won at Tottenham? Absolutely nothing. And in the years when we were having our possibly our worst run for a long time in the top flight, we've won a couple of cups. You know, so there's levels, boys. Remember that. They may finish above us, but there is levels. Beyond the Premier League, there's levels, and we stand proud. We are the Arsenal, so don't worry about that. Trev, just touching upon what you said, mate. I don't know if anyone see there. There's a, a clip going around with Laura Woods on uh, on Talkshite, and um, she the Tottenham fan rings up and he starts by being quite polite and sort of jovial and, and all that, and he says, "Oh, you know, we go for top, world class, elite managers like Pochettino, Mourinho, Conte." And Laura Woods went. That's fine. We've got a you know a young, inexperienced manager in between them. He's won more trophies than your elite managers. Obviously, you know, it's tongue in cheek, it's a bit of a laugh and all that. But yeah, listen, trophies will always be remembered. And whilst they're not winning it, that will just about do for me. Yeah. She's good, isn't she, Laura Woods? She's good. Keeps them more in their place. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying as a presenter, as I think she's brilliant. Yeah, I think she's... Hey, listen, listen. If you're talking about appreciating good talent on TV, I watched the Eurovision Song Contest. I've never thought so much of Spain in my life as I thought of the Eurovision Song Contest and Spain entry. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, what's your prediction then, Tony, for uh, Norwich, Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton? Who cares, mate? It's just the end of the season party. It's going to be uh, a few drinks, um, a few more. Probably a few more after that. And then uh, we're looking to get an Uber probably about two o'clock in the morning once we leave. If the they'll bus. take you. They always <laughs> take us. They know us now. They know us. 
I'm sure we get the same. <laughs> well, we probably don't, but I'm sure I'll get the same drive every time. Hey, yeah, hey no. Trevor, what, what about that Uber we got the other week when we're gone to uh, the last game? Uh, ordered this Uber from the corner of Seven Sisters Road and, and, and Holloway Road. And we're waiting five or six minutes. He's moaning as usual. And he goes, oh, oh, we could walk. We get a bus. and We get a black cab. Oh, oh. And I, I went, said oh, we'd I walk. I, 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 I closed the app. And just as I closed the app, um, some guy picked up the Uber. So I went, oh, yeah, it's been accepted to be here in two minutes. Oh, here he comes now. He comes down, goes past McDonald's and Seven Sisters Road, turns left, turns left, turns left again. We've got to be £8.50 to be dropped off where we got got picked up. <laughs> in fairness, oh, no. the, the the guy was good, and uh, he did drop us off to um, to the Bla- uh, Blackstock Road uh, down by the Arsenal Tavern. Alex, your prediction of the Norwich, Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton fixtures? Yeah, I'm not going to get my, my hopes too high up. Um, but yeah, I I think we'll both we'll win and Tottenham will win as well. That's my prediction. Okay. Trev? But Fergus, my prediction is is really simple, mate. I'm, I'm going to... It's the last game of the season. I'm going to put the last couple of games behind me. I'm going to go meet up with my very good friends and you, Fergus, and... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and watch the Riders of the Night right at uh, at Tommy Flynn's bar on Holloway Road at one o'clock, and I'm gonna meet and see loads of old faces in there. I'm gonna have a good old sing song. Then I'm gonna go and watch my beloved Arsenal play football. Then I'm gonna have a few more beers, and I'm stopping over because it's the last game of the season. Um, I think it's already done. I can see exactly as Alex said. I can see Tottenham and Arsenal both winning. Although to be honest. We looked absolutely shattered last night, and that does dwell in the back of my mind, Fergus. But I think we'll both win. But you've got to, you've got to, it's football. It's football. You've got to put the results behind you. It's so hard to do. Everybody has different opinions. We all respect that. But don't let it ruin your enjoyment of the last game of the season. I'm going to go and see my boys, the riders of the night. I'm going to go and have a few beers. I'm going to be with good friends. I'm going to see all of you boys. I'm going to see Mike. I'm going to get drunk. And I'm going to do what I love to do. I'm going to support the Arsenal. And before we do that, at the very start of the game, we're going to sing this. Listen, everybody, you've been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Thanks very much, Tony. Thanks, Alex. Welcome back, Trev. We have missed you, and I hope you've enjoyed it. And you're I'm not, not finished again. I'm not. Go finished. on then. Oh, here we go. Oh, finished. I think I still. I don't think I've deleted it yet. I think I've still got it. So, Big Tone's been saving that for the whole of the podcast, right? Listen, right. Listen, that, 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 listening to 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 uh, what I hope is our new anthem just makes you think, doesn't it? Some people are not keen on it. Loads of people love it. So 
just go with the flow and, and enjoy it for what it means, you know. And I put some positive posts on social media today, Fergus, and I've got loads of positive replies and some didn't agree, which is fair enough. That's what we're there for. Some were downright abusive, which is stupid, right? But what you've got to remember, everybody, is that, you know, we've got Ars- Arsenal's in my head, Arsenal's all around me. I'm 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 always Arsenal, but most Arsenal's a massive part of all of our lives. But most of all, a lot of us, right, have got Arsenal in our heart, you know. And I know that sounds soft, but I can't help you. Can't help it when it when that happens to you, you know. You can't help it. And what's gone on has gone on. I hate it. I'm 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 not happy about it. I I don't want it to happen, but it has happened. So we just do what we do and and enjoy being a football fan. Watch the last game of the season. Cheer our boys on, right? North London forever. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you for having me back, Fergus. I've had an hard couple of weeks, mate. And you boys tonight, I'm not going to go into depth, don't worry, but you boys tonight have lightened the load greatly. And for that, I'm very thankful. Very happy Top man. Uh, Top man, Trevor. And people, if you do go to the stadium, stay afterwards. Clap off the manager. Clap off the uh, the players. Clap off the backroom uh, staff, the tea room, the, the ball boys, everybody else. It's all part of the football club that we all love. Up the Arsenal. Fuck Through the thick and thin, boys. Up the Gunners. Come on, you Gunners. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Alex, you need to book a flight. Get over. I should, mate, yeah. I should. Are you going to pay for it? No, but we might be able to try and get a ticket somewhere. I've, I've got exams next week. It's Alex, tight, Fergus tight. doesn't pay for it.